Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Give me a look, get my list of scriptures out here so I remember where I'm going. Amen. Amen. I brought, I brought the, the black Bible and the red Bible tonight. So, oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, first time that I heard uh, Billy Graham talk about, first time he pulled out a red Bible at a, at a meeting, people just went wild. It can't be anointed if it wasn't a black Bible. They got all upset at him. But how many of you know the? doesn't matter what color it is. It's what's on the inside. And then it really doesn't matter what's on the inside if it's not on the inside of us. Amen. It's true regardless. Isn't that true? Praise the Lord. Well, if you got your Bible, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Amen. Sometimes, you know, I, I probably ought to go back and look at uh, when I preach on certain subjects here at the church and how often it's tied to what I've been teaching in the school. But that's what's on my, on my heart here. And uh, this year, in studying the subject of the authority of the believer, uh, we've gotten uh, just... Just for the last several weeks here, the Lord's been dealing with me about some things. And, of course, you know, when the Lord deals with you, you, you have to, first of all, apply it to yourself personally and, and do those things. But then that again, sometimes, you know, when, you, when this is what, what you're called to do, then you share it with others. And one of the things that uh, has been, has been uh, uh, coming to me, coming to me and the Lord been dealing with me about, is God's original purpose and creation and how that ties to what Jesus did and gave us back the authority that God originally intended for us to have. So I want us to go to Genesis chapter 1, if you would please. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read this from the King James Bible and then the New Living Translation. Verse 26, verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. Now let me stop right here for a moment. God, the word God there is the translation of a word Elohim which is the plural form of God. So he's talking, this is not God and angels talking here. How many of you know we're not made in the image of angels? We're made in the image of God, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. That's one reason why we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. And, uh, but God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. Dominion is another word for authority. Let them have def- dominion or authority. Or let them rule. Or let them reign in life. Here or over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, creepeth upon the earth. And I always use, I don't know why every time I go by there I can't help but think. It's, I'm glad God created us to have dominion over creeps. Now, don't look around and point at anybody. So God created man in his own image. Remember, this is God's original. This is God's intent. And the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So here, this is the creation of mankind, if you will. Human beings, we call it. In the Bible, God, God called it creating of man. Notice it said male and female created he them. Now, let's stop and just say something here, that male and females have the exact same uh, dominion 
and authority as, as the other, the male and the female, together. All right? There's no difference. Amen. Now, that's, that was restored in Christ. How many of you know in Christ there's neither male nor female? Jew nor Greek, bond or free, right? In Christ. So, the, uh, you know, men don't have, the, the male of the species doesn't have more authority over the devil and the works of God's hands than the females do. Right? All right, you didn't like that. Let's go to verse 28. And then God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Well, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have authority to subdue something and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now let's read this from the new living. God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God created he them, male and female created, he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Notice that, govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Now go with me to Psalm 8. We're going to read this in the New Living Translation also. Psalm 8. So we see God in the beginning. If you will, the counsel of heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit together. He said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Evidently, evidently God is a God of dominion and authority. If we're to be like him, if we're made in his likeness and we're made to have dominion, then it must be that God, amen, has dominion and God reigns over things. Here in Psalm 8, let's just let's start in verse 4. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Now, if you have a King James Bible, it might say angels there, but it's that same word in Genesis 1:26 for God, Elohim. You made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Flocks and herds and wild animals and the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, and over everything that swims the ocean currents. So made in the image and likeness of God, made to have dominion, made to have authority, made to reign over life, to subdue it, to govern God's creation. That's how man was originally created. Now in Genesis chapter 3, when man chose to sin, chose to disobey God, he lost that God-given right. He lost his God-given standing. He actually went from life to death spiritually. He said, the day that you eat this, of this, you shall surely die. Well, they didn't, they didn't die physically that day, did they? But they did die. They separated themselves from God, and that eventually brought physical death. Amen. So they handed that authority over, and we see, you know, we see later, we don't have time to look at it today, but, you know, when, when the devil came to Jesus in the, after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights there in the wilderness, and he said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I will give you the, all the kingdoms. He said, I'll give you, and one translation said, I'll give you the authority of all of it. 
because it's mine to give. Well, where did he get it? He got it from Adam. He got it from God's man that he made to have dominion. He became the evil, if you will, stepfather of God's creation. And the Bible calls him in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God, the little g, God of this world and this system. How many of you realize the world is not operating according to God's will and God's plan? Although he has said, it's like Pastor Hagen said this morning, you know, a lot of the things you see coming to pass these days are things that God has already said was going to happen. Now, of course, we need to do our part and pray, and we need to believe God, but yet these things, there's things are going to happen in these days. We're living in these days. They're coming upon us They're like a wave, one wave crashing after another. And I believe it's going to be, get faster, the one wave coming in. And before it can even go out, the next wave is crashing upon it of the things that we've been, been speaking. But one of the great things is that with that, they, how many of you know God does much more? His grace much more abounds. Amen? That's the way it's going to be. We're going to take this gospel and it's going to, we're going to go out and the things of God just continually, continually, continually going forth. Now look in Romans chapter 5. Well, Jesus came, you know, back to restore that to us. But I want, you, I want us to look at Romans 5, first of all here. Romans 5 verse 17. So man lost the right standing with God. And all men from that point, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. But that's, that's uh, can be good news to you if you understand this, that if all is sin, then all were dead and it only took one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. What Jesus did was enough for you. It's enough for everybody. There doesn't have to be another. Jesus doesn't have to go to the cross again. Amen. There's nothing special that has to be done other than what has already been done. I know sometimes, you know, people uh, would talk about, you know, well, you know, if I come to your church, the walls would fall in, you know, and all that. No, you know, I learned this from Pat Butcher there in Kentucky. He, I was with him when he told people, no, there's no such thing as VIP sinners. Everyone sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. That's a healing place there. The sick, the, the walls, when you go to the hospital, the walls of the hospital don't fall in, do they? No, they're there to care for. That's what the church is there. Hallelujah. You find Romans 5, look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, that's talking about Adam there, death reigned, reigned, or we could say this, had dominion or had authority. Much more by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now notice, have you received grace? What's the Bible said? For by grace are we saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. So we have received the abundance of grace and we have been made righteous with the righteousness of God. Or in other words, with Jesus' righteousness. I didn't, I couldn't do enough right things to be right with God, but Jesus could, and Jesus did. And he, he imputed that righteousness to me and to you when he took our sins upon him. We got the righteousness, he got the sin. But thank God, God raised him from the dead. You realize he doesn't have that sin anymore. It's been taken care of. It's wiped out as if it never existed. Glory to God. There's no evidence you ever were a sinner. 
Now you have the memory and your body may, you know, crave some things. And then of course, there's always those well-meaning people that want to remind you of all your sin, mouthpieces of the devil, because that's what that is. Listen, if you're in Christ, I'm going to tell you this right now, there's no condemnation left. You're in Christ, just forget. If you hear a condemning word, it's not from God. Hallelujah. The New Living, or the Amplified Classic says here in Romans 5, says, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse, and offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Well, you know, Christians, uh, I, I'm convinced because I know, I know myself. And I know, I know myself. I know I walk so far below and live so far below the authority that I've actually been given in life. I know the rest of the body of Christ is probably experiencing the same thing. We are to reign as kings in life. Not, you know, well, when we get to heaven, won't we have authority over the devil? No, you won't, because the devil won't be there. What do you need authority over the devil in heaven if he's not going to be there? When did God said he would prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies? That's right now. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That valley's here. There's no valley of the shadow of death in heaven or in eternity. We've got authority over the devil now. Amen. Now, you know, over all the work, did you notice God never said that they had authority over one another? We have authority over the works of his hands and the angels are the works of his hands. And because of what happened, we have authority over everything of the devil. We're to reign in life. In fact, if you, over there in chapter 6, it said, sin shall not, verse 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin, everything of the devil. It's all of him. All that has to do with sin, sin, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, spiritual death and the second eternal death shall not have any dominion over the Christian. Yet that doesn't stop the devil. You know, I was just doing, I was uh, just some, some things, I, I just saw some things here in the last couple of weeks. You remember there again, one of the things that the devil, he offered Jesus that authority, Right? And then the Bible says, you know, after the three things Jesus said, it's written, and he got, you know, he overcame. You know, that's the same way we overcome and use our authorities by saying what the Word of God says about it. But the Bible says the devil left him for a better time and season. Now, I've I've heard some say, well, the better season never came. But yet, there's a couple places in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, where scribes, Pharisees, doctors of the law, religious leaders came and said, by what authority are you doing these things? That same challenge, but dressed a different way. The devil came back at him, kept coming back. So don't be surprised if the devil doesn't keep coming at you. That's all right, but we got authority over him. He's under our feet because we're seated at the right hand of God. And God put everything under the feet of Jesus. He's the head, we're the body. If everything's under his feet, I don't care if you're the bottom of the little toe of the body of Christ, the devil's under you. And he didn't say just barely. He said far above, far above all principalities and authorities and powers and might. All of it. Glory to God. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19, or 18 and 19. We'll look at this in the New Living also. 
So Jesus came back. We want to read this just so we see this here. We're going to talk about how do kings reign and see something uh, that will help us tonight. Matthew chapter 28. You know, it's interesting as you read, you study about Jesus. You know, one of the things that happened when he came back and, and there in Luke 4, remember, he went into his own hometown and preached. It says, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue and he stood up for to read and they handed him the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And he found a place where it was written, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me, you know. And then he, he did something and said some. They'd read that scripture before many times, but no one had ever said, this day, this day. Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? And the Bible said they wondered at the gracious words which he spoke. It also said, we don't, it also went on to say, he speaks as with one that has authority, not like the scribes and the elders. He speaks with authority. Amen? Now I'm going to tell you something right now. The devil doesn't like for you to know the authority you have, and he doesn't like for you to speak with authority. He wants you, you know, he doesn't care if you believe that God's in control of everything. Just as long as you get passive where he's concerned. Amen. You know the moment you have a thought that you know is wrong. The thought, that's the moment you have a thought. You, me, all of us. The moment we have a thought that we know is contrary to the word of God. We've got to act aggressively right then and right now. Amen. You know, the moment you have a thought of being tempted to do something, it doesn't matter what it is. All temptation is the same. It's to get you to disobey God's word. It's all the same in every area. I don't care if it's, if it's, if it's drugs, alcohol, sexual sin. It doesn't matter. It's all the same temptation you've got to take. But if you don't get aggressive and take authority right now, Jesus said, if you think it in your heart, you've done it. But if you get aggressive, and the moment that thought comes, you know, I've, I've, I've talked with some people that dealing with, you know, uh, gen, same gender attraction, these different things like that. And it's just the same, you know, for, non, for, for opposite gender attraction in the wrong way. You have to deal. You know the Bible says it's wrong. You have to deal with those thoughts immediately. You did, did take an authority over right now. You take that thought captive. And say, no, you don't. It is written. Take it captive. Well, what about when that first sniffle comes your way? Or that first scratchy throat comes your way? You know, you know what the devil is, the, the moment you, and especially in the, that's what happened, you know, here, the last, there in 2020 and then on, through, on up. You know, I found it interesting. I just read an article here uh, this afternoon where <laughs> they said uh, the Americans are not buying the new COVID vaccine deal. And that's all right. Listen, if you want to get a vaccine, you do it in faith. If you don't want to get a vaccine, you do it in faith. And don't yell at the other ones for not doing it or doing it. Whether someone gets a vaccine or not is none of your business. None. Absolutely none. And it doesn't prove you got faith or not because if you do everything you have to do is in faith. Paul said, look, if you want to eat, eat, do it in faith. If you don't want to eat, don't eat, do it in faith. Amen. God told me to get the vaccine because I was, I was going to do some traveling internationally. He told me to get it. <gasps> How'd you do it? In faith? 
No lasting, no, no side effects, no long lasting effects in Jesus' name. Both times, both times, and I just kept on saying it, kept on saying it, kept on saying it, kept on saying it till I didn't have to say it anymore because it had no side effects and not having any long lasting effects either. Amen? But I did it so I could travel. It was a whole lot easier getting through airports and going internationally when you had that card with you. Well, brother, I just don't learn. Well, that's all right. God didn't tell you. He told me. See, that's the whole point. Why me get off on that? But anyway, <laughs> verse 18, I better read the Bible, right? Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I have been given authority. Now you go. Now, this is delegated authority now. Jesus, Jesus, see, the devil offered him that authority back there if he'd bow down and worship him. But what the devil didn't know was there was coming a time Jesus was going to take it from him. And he said, all authority has been given. Oh, it was given all right. He defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. Sin, he defeated it all. And he took, he took that authority. And then he told us to go. To go, and Mark 16 says go, and Luke chapter, I mean, not Luke, because Luke wrote it, Acts chapter 1, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. That's what, he's empowered you to do what? Go. Now, we are to reign in life as kings. Authority. Authority to reign is when a person's given a right to command and rule. You're given the right to command and to rule. Well, how do we do that? It also means the right and the privilege, legal right and privilege. If you're an authority, if you're reigning as a king or you're in charge and you, in your domain, in the kingdom, where well, we are to reign in life, then we, are, we have been given the legal right by God through Jesus Christ, to, to speak and give commands that, they, that must be obeyed. Must be. Now, I don't use my authority against you, see, because you have a free will. But I do speak to the devil and everything of the devil, and it must obey. He must obey. All right? Now, look at Ecclesiastes. Oh, boy. Ask your neighbor for help. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Reigning. We're talking about reigning in life. Reigning in life. And really, somebody said this to me years ago. And they said, you know, to really understand to them. They said, they said to them, they, they've, they, they believe to really understand what Brother Hagin was trying to teach us about faith and confession, you need to understand the authority of the believer. Why can we confess the word? Why can we say it and it has to happen? Why? Because we've been given authority. We have, we've been given the right to rule and to reign over our own lives. See, sin shall no longer have dominion. Satan has no place in me. So I, that's why Paul told the Ephesians, don't give the devil any place. Do you find Ecclesiastes 8? Look at verse 4. The King James says, where the word of a king is, 
king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what do you do? What are you doing? So when the king speaks, nobody says, what are you doing? Listen to the Amplified Classic. For the word of a king is authority and power. And who can say to him, what are you doing? Now, so the way that we are to rule and to reign is through what we say out of our mouth. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power, literally the authority of the tongue. Death and life. Well, what are you speaking over your life? Are you speaking death or are you speaking life? Because here's, here's the principle. Here's the, here's the spiritual law, if you will. Not the law of, of works where you have to obey. But this is a spiritual law. This is how the, this is how the kingdom of God, this is how the, how the spiritual uh, realm operates. Whatever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you will have. Amen. Now, you know, there's good Christian folks. Love God going to heaven. Right now, they've already said, you know, it's flu season coming up. And you know me, I always get the flu this time. You know, this what's coming up these next couple months, I'll get the flu. And then when it happens, they want to pat themselves on the back, think they're a prophet, you know, because I prophesy. I told, I told you. I told you. Why? They believe it in their heart. They said it with their mouth. Look at Mark 11. Mark 11, 23. See, this is, a, this is a spiritual principle. And the reason that words work is because we've been given and created to be beings that operate in authority. And how do we release our authority? How do we reign? By what we say. You know, in, in Psalm 103, down there about verse 20, the Bible says, you know, that the angels, the angels... Or it might be 107, verse 20. It's 103 or 107, verse 20. The angels hearken to the voice of God's word. In other words, they're under the authority of the word. And when the word of God goes forth, they'll go into action. Well, what if we put the word of God in our mouth and speak God's word over our situation? Those angels go in action. This, this, this entire auditorium filled with angels right now. You got angels. I was standing right here in exaltation here just a few years ago, standing right here, and all of a sudden I knew, I looked, and there stood, my, stood one of my angels, just, I mean, gigantic. I just, you know, you almost, oh, you know, just, I asked, well, what, what was that? So that's, that's, that's one of your angels. We were having a special, we were really, it was one of those times that we were just all kind of in the spirit praying. And I just happened, I wasn't looking for something. I haven't seen him since. Don't have to. I know he's there. All right? What's he doing? Waiting for me to speak the word. You know, don't put your angels in the unemployment line. Give them some jobs. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain... Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now notice here, notice here, it's not just what you say, it's what you believe and say. What you believe and say. What you have belief in. You could say what you have faith in, but yet belief, this is something, this, this is something that you, you believe. 
Now, here's the thing. When you, when you have, and, and, uh, Brother Doug Jones has the best term I've ever heard, Bible-based beliefs. When you have a Bible-based belief, it should be such that no one can talk you out of it. No one. Now, what had Jesus done? He had spoken to that fig tree, right? There was leaves there, but no figs. And he said, no one will eat fruit from you from here, hereafter. And it dried up. That next day he came by there, it was dried up. They said, look at the fig tree. He said, have faith in God or have the faith of God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, how many whosoever's we got in here tonight? That's you. Everybody say it, I'm a whosoever. Yeah, whosoever shall say to this mountain. The mountain represents that thing in your life that needs to get out of the way. To that cough, to that symptom, to that headache to that pain in your side, to those knees that don't want to work, to that thought that's contrary to God's word. Whosoever shall say, speak it, speaking it out. Now, Romans chapter 4, look at this. Romans 4, and then we're going to look at Romans 10. Romans chapter 4. See, this is how God operates. Do you remember back in Genesis, before we read verse 26, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is earth without form and darkness, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, you know, all that type of thing. And then he gets to, and God said, whoo, it's a dark one out there today. Man, it's dark. I've never seen such darkness. Is that what God said? No. Now, he did why? He didn't want darkness anymore. He said, let there be light. Now, he did later on divide the day and the night, but he said, let there be light. And you know, science tells us that the universe is expanding at 186,000 miles per second still today. They can't keep up with it. It keeps going out there so far. Let there be light. Now, why does God do that? Because whatever, he believes and he speaks. Now, we don't, we don't get the idea that God has to believe, but how many of you know when God speaks, it's going to happen? Joshua, in the book of Joshua, says not one good word has failed of all the promises God made to us. Not one of them has failed. Everything's come to pass. Jesus said not not one word will pass away. It'll all come to pass. Now look here in Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, speaking about God said, I have made you to Abraham. I've made you the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who does what? who quickens or brings life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. How does God reign? He calls things that be not as though they were. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, every sinner that's on the earth today that doesn't know Jesus, salvation belongs to them. They don't know it. They think God's mad at him because we've told him he's mad at him. But God's not mad at him. All that went on Jesus. Jesus was the propitiation, the appeasement of wrath. Amen. But God will not usurp your authority and your free will. So you're the one that's going to have to call on the name of the Lord, right? Well, he said in Mark 11, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you shall have whatsoever you say, right? All right, now look at Romans chapter 10. We'll, f- we'll finish up with this tonight. 
Romans 10. Now, you know, in a, in a, in a one sermon, one, I mean, I don't care if you preach for five hours, you can't cover the subjects like this. And you know, if I preach for five hours tonight, I'd be the last one, only one here for the last four and a half. So, you know, my wife might stay, maybe not. Uh, Roy Hicks, I heard him, he's, he, Roy Hicks was the Foursquare uh, out of California. He was the head of the Foursquare denomination there and good friends with Brother Hagin. I heard him say this one time to us as students. He said, he said, the heart can only hear what the seat can bear. Now, we got nice soft pews, but you know, some, it didn't used to be that way, did it? But look at this in Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... Or what does that mean? Confess the lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raising from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Or in other words, what you believe puts you in agreement with God. Righteousness, right standing with God. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So notice here, here's again, believe in your heart and say with your mouth. Now, the word saved there, that's everything that Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension to heaven, and seating at the right hand of God. That's what the word saved and salvation means. It's the all-inclusive word of the gospel, gathering together all the redemptive acts, Mark uh, Schofield said in his Bible, his notes in Romans 1.16, if you're looking for it. He said that. So if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you shall be healed. You shall be delivered. You shall have all your needs met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You shall be free from oppression, depression, impression, what other pressure you can have that's not of God if you believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. So how, how then do I get to that place? I've got to get in the word of God and find out what God's word says about me. Now here, in, in, in uh, I, I, I got a hold of, uh, I was looking in one of the old uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin ministry Bibles, and Brother Hagin said this in there, and I think it's in his stuff on faith. We'll end with this. Confession should center around these five things. Number one, what God in Christ has wrought for us in his plan of redemption. We should be saying that. What God in Christ has wrought for us in his plan of redemption. That's number one. Number two, what God, through the word and the Holy Spirit, has wrought for us in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. What God, through the word and the Holy Spirit, has wrought for us in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you get a hold of, you know, like I said, if you get a hold of the books on study guides on faith, these things are listed in there. Number three, he said, we are to be confessing continually what we are to God the Father in Christ Jesus. See, he made another statement. He said, we need to go and find out what the mind of God is concerning us and then say that. How does God think about you? You know, God, God calls you the righteousness of God in Christ. God calls you justified. He calls you healed. Number four was what we are to confess what Jesus is doing for us right now at the right hand of the Father, where he li ever lives to make intercession for us. You know Jesus is on our side. 
Hallelujah. He's representing us in heaven as we represent him here on the earth. You know, when we, when we speak the name of Jesus, we're representing him. You can't, he- you can't heal anybody in the name of Tad or in Jesus whom Tad preaches. You got to do it in the name of Jesus, right? Then finally he said, we need to confess what God can do through us what his word can do, and what his word can do through our lips. What God can do through us. You know, Jesus constantly confessed who he was, where he came from, and what he came to do. Read the Gospels, you'll see it. I came forth from the Father. The Father and I are one. I came forth to do his will. I came, you know, and I'm going back to him. Amen. So, we are to reign in life. Now, how are we going to reign? Through the words that you say. Now, here's the thing. Whatever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you're going to have. Your words frame your world. So if you don't like what's going on in your life right now, change it by saying what the Word of God says about it. You say, well, I don't know if I believe. Well, keep saying it. Keep going to the Word of God. Look at it and say, okay, that says, you know. And then make this decision. Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. Now, how many of you know that includes Brother Tad? I've got to go through it and say, well, if I don't believe like that, then I'm a liar. God's the true one. It's me that's wrong. Amen? I know sometimes, you know, I'm going to say this. To live in faith, to walk by faith, and to live in this authority, you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. Amen? Hallelujah. And I know it's a process. It's a process. And how many of you would rather be brutally honest with yourself than somebody else be brutally honest with you? <laughs> that always doesn't go too well. Well, at least it, it, if they do it in love, it works out eventually. But, you know, there for a while, things are a little sticky. But you're reigning in life. So take stock. And realize that you can change your life. You can frame your world by the words, by the word of God, the words that you speak. I don't care. You know, well, I'm, you know, I'm old now and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm past my time. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be old and feeble and weak and all that. Amen. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be like the lady on the, uh, you know, on the commercial. You fall and you can't get up. If you fall down, just get back up in Jesus' name. Amen? Well, you know, I'm old. I just can't. Start walking in Jesus' name. Start doing something you couldn't do before. Just give the devil a black eye. Just punch him right in the the middle. Hit his nose right there. Give him two black eyes with the word of God. And if he doesn't like that, pull out that sword of the Spirit. Say, all right, here you go, Mr. Devil. You know, if Paul was talking about, if he'd have been talking about the sword of the Spirit in our day, it wouldn't have been that Roman sword to it. It would have been a lightsaber. You know. Amen. Let's all stand up together. That's all the time we got for tonight. I want to encourage you. If you haven't read Believer's Authority in a while, get a hold of it. If you haven't read the In Him book, get a hold of it. Learn to speak. You learn to use your authority. Authority not acted upon is forfeited. If I don't act upon my authority, mm-mm. Amen. You know, just have the audacity to say, it is written. It is written, 
and it must be done. Just like Yul Brenner in the Ten Commandments, so let it be written, so let it be done. We can do that because we have the Word of God. Father, we thank you tonight. Give you praise and honor for your Word. Thank you, Father, for helping us learn to reign in life through Christ Jesus. We give you praise and honor. If you need prayer for anything tonight, ladies, come down. The ladies, men to the men, and you will be blessed. Hey, now, don't forget that, uh, can they still sign up for the Thursday night? Can they sign up tonight for Thursday night? The Thursday starts on the 12th, uh, the grief recovery. If you need to go to that, then uh, please do that based on the word of God. And it will last up through on Thursday nights from 6 to 7.30. 6 to, 6 to 7.30, right, uh, up until November nights. Uh, 16th. Now, not every night, but just Thursday nights. Okay? Be a part of that. And then don't forget the other announcements, and uh, you'll be blessed. All right? God bless you. We'll see you back here on Wednesday night. Hour of Power. Have a great week.